Welcome to the Jumpstart Your Faith podcast channel, where you will receive the essential tools to take your faith to the next level. I am your host, Brian Ratliff, and I currently pastor Clearbrook Baptist Church in Roanoke, Virginia. Here is the latest message preached from one of our services. Grab your Bible, pen, notepad, and get ready to jumpstart your faith. All right, guys, Pastor Brian here. Welcome to another radio broadcast on the podcast channel, Jumpstart Your Faith. Today, I am privileged and honored to introduce uh, not just a friend, but one of my mentors and the man who discipled me and who taught me a lot about the Word of God. Today's subject is about how to reach young people for Christ with Dave Schultz. Brother Dave, it's good to have you on the podcast channel. And the first question I'd like to ask you is, when did you become a Christian? Well, thanks for having me on the program, Pastor Brian. Uh, it's been great working with you these last few years. And, Amen. Um, as far as when I became a Christian, I like to say, like many young people, or many people say, is I was on drugs, drugged to church Sunday morning, <laughs> Sunday night, yeah. Wednesday night. But we also made it to Friday night um, prayer groups. We made it to uh, uh, once a month men's prayer breakfast, once a month to the men's full gospel business meeting, once a month Man. to all the many meetings that our church had. That's right. Uh, I remember feeling like my father was uh, in love with church. And uh, as I was growing up, I wanted to be like him and be a part of the church and the things that were going on in the church. As far as salvation specifically, I remembered about the age seven, um, I was listening to my children's church teacher and I began to really understand that uh, even though that all people have sinned, and I was one of those that had sinned, mm. and I was definitely guilty before God, and just by committing one sin that I would be guilty before a holy God and a perfect God. And I remember the illustration pretty clearly about how God, uh, how God had sent Jesus to be my substitute. Amen. I may not have been able to doctrinally explain it all. Sure. Of course. But I understood that uh, he would take my place. And I wanted that, and I wanted to spend eternity in heaven with God, and certainly not the alternative, spend eternity in hell. No doubt. And so I asked Jesus to come into my life and to save my soul, and uh, committed my life to church, as it were. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that... Uh, I, I remember times where I would feel bad and I would go to church and I would feel better. And I remember times where I went to all those meetings and, and it just made me feel different when I was at those meetings. Uh, but later on in life was when my faith was really challenged as mm. a young person in college. Okay. And I took Religion 101 <laughs> and the professor gave credence to every religion. <laughs> what college was that? At Radford University. So a secular college. Secular college, Religion 101. And he gave credence to every religion until we got to Christianity and said only fools believe in Christianity. Man, um, only, that's a bold statement. Only idiots believe in Christianity was the stance this female teacher took. And I kind of used that as an excuse to live the way I wanted to live for the mm. first time ever in my life. Wow. And uh, it's one of the reasons why uh, youth ministry was so, has been such a calling on my life, but we'll get Amen. to that. And... Um, but I remember uh, just a few years later having some problems um, with my 
walk after that and living the way I wanted to live, but I remember telling God, no matter what, from that point forward, I would live for him and do what he called me to do. That's awesome. Now, did you grow up in the Roanoke area? Yes, I grew up in the Roanoke area attending Evangel Foursquare Church. All right. And now you're a Baptist. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> God bless you, brother. That's awesome. It's great. God can save anybody. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> cool deal. Well, that's awesome. What a, what a testimony that is uh, to be able to be raised in a Christian home and go to church on a regular basis and then to get saved and then, I guess, to go through those ups and downs in the Christian walk, even through the influences in college. And thanks for sharing that, Brother Dave. Now, with that in mind, when did you feel the calling for ministry? Or just tell us about your calling to ministry. Okay. I honestly believe that all Christians are called to ministry. Mm. Um, it's just a matter of surrendering and finding the specific thing that God's called to you, called you to do. I recently heard a minister preach on that, and um, I was amening him uh, really loud because I've always thought that. Did you stand up and raise your Bible too? <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't just get quite that excited, but um, I think we're all called to ministry, and just surrendering to that specific call. But I. I remember as a, as a teenager at summer camp, um, feeling a specific call to youth ministry and to full-time vocational ministry. And at that time, I, I did go forward and um, prayed and surrendered my life to that full-time ministry, no matter what that looked like. I didn't think that it would be necessarily um, be my financial uh, the way I'd make my finances, sure. but I thought that it would be a full-time thing for me and what I did. But uh, as time went on and I went to college, I went to college for a secular career and thought about making my money a, making my uh, money a different way other than ministry. And the Lord brought it around so that uh, at this point now it's a part-time ministry position mm -hmm. and full-time um, ministry position teaching. Hey, what do you teach? Well, I teach at Roanoke Valley Christian Schools. I teach math and science um, to the high school students. Right on. Now, just so everybody knows, how long have you been the youth pastor at Clearbrook Baptist? I've been here at Clearbrook Baptist for a little bit over, over five years, almost six years now at Clearbrook Baptist. And before that, um, I was uh, a senior pastor at uh, a church in Utah. That's a Mormon country. That's right. Lots of Mormons <laughs> out there. Oh, man. And before that, um, about five uh, years at, Clear, at Boone's Mill Baptist Church in Boone's Mill, Virginia. Excellent. Which that leads us to the next question I have for you, is how did we meet? Well, we met when I was campaigning at Boone's Mill Baptist Church to become the associate pastor to youth and children. Back in the good old days. Back <laughs> in the good old days. <laughs> That's right. Um, you reminded me of when we first uh, met and spoke, but my memory was when there was a question-answer time for the candidate, and the teens were together, and you raised your hand and asked me, "Did I was I a skateboarder? <laughs> <laughs> skateboarder, that sounds like me. And I said, no, I'm not a skateboarder, but I'm willing to learn. Oh, you had me then. <laughs> you had me then. And it turned out that I wasn't capable of learning. <laughs> <laughs> you were not capable? <laughs> but I was willing. Uh -huh. uh, we did... Uh, uh, with your help, actually, we were able to have a, a fairly fruitful skateboard ministry. That's true. Invited young people in for skateboarding, and I just kind of stood on the skateboard and talked skateboard, and uh, 
Made it look like I knew a little something about skateboarding. Sometimes you'd ride your bike out there, too. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I, I did ride my bike and try to show off a little bit. That's awesome. It didn't, didn't work out too well at times for me. No worries there, but sometimes we'd have how many young people there? 30, 40, right? Yeah, we'd have as many as 40 young people. Uh, like any youth ministry, we, it had ups and downs, and we had large groups and small groups, and when we were down to small numbers, we would just go out and visit people and build it back up and uh, minister to larger groups, and uh, the Lord really did bless at times there at the, in that ministry with lots of young people dedicating their life to the Lord and, and serving in ministry. Very cool. So one of the reasons why I wanted to have you come on the, this podcast channel with this subject is because you were the one that really discipled me during those early years uh, of my high school years and early Christian years after I accepted Christ as Savior. And I wanted to just ask you a few questions about how to reach young people for Christ. You know, it's something that every church needs to be concerned about because young people are not the church of tomorrow. They are the church of today. Amen. And if we don't reach them today, then there will be no church tomorrow. And so with that in mind, I just have five questions I want to ask you. And the first one is this. Who should reach young people? Well, your comment reminds me there certainly is no junior Holy Ghost. When young people get saved, they mm. receive the same Holy Spirit that uh, adults receive, and they are part of the church. They may not fully understand everything involved with um, the business of the church, but they can get involved with ministry and do things for the Lord. Well, I, I believe that uh, everyone should reach the young people. I remember several years ago hearing a sermon entitled, Every Teen Needs a Youth Minister. Mm. But the focus of that, uh, of that sermon was that the father, first of all, mm. and then the That's mother good. should be the ones that lead their children into to the Lord and in the ways of the Lord. And we're to raise our children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord, and we're to train up our children in the ways of the Lord. So I believe everyone, though, on top of that, should be involved with reaching young people for Christ. Here at our church, for many that don't have that opportunity to have their parents involved in their, um, in their, nurture, in their spiritual nurturing and their spiritual being raised spiritually, we have a bus ministry, mm -hmm. and we really focus on leading those to the Lord first and then discipling the young people. We have many teachers that work in that ministry. Um, we have I'm the youth pastor and, and children's worker, and we have several other workers there. They're all involved in that. But if and the church itself is very supportive of um, the young people here at uh, Clearbrook Baptist, and I think everybody should be involved with reaching young people for Christ. Amen. Now, I like that comment about how pa youth pastors are really, biblically speaking, the parents of the children. Right. And that the youth pastors and youth ministers on staff, whether it's a children's minister or a teen minister or junior high or senior high or college age, whatever you want to classify it as, um, really, they are just supplementing and trying to assist the parents in training and, and ministering with the gospel. So how critical is it for parents to influence their children in a godly manner? 
Well, as youth ministers, all we really hope for and pray for is just a couple of years of influence on the young people's lives. And so when the parents are involved in, as the biblical command to raise their children um, in the ways of the Lord, uh, it's invaluable. It makes all the difference in the world. Our bus ministry in particular really sets us up to understand the trouble that we have with young people. We go out and we knock on doors and you were really instrument, instrumental in, in getting that bus ministry started and we would bring in many elementary school age children. Mm -hmm. That's right, when we first started, yeah, sure enough. But as they get older, we at about fifth grade, we begin to see they either get in trouble mm -hmm. during, the, during the church services they get trouble in trouble on the bus, and we were required to. We really needed to kick them off the bus to in order in order to make our ministry successful. Or they just got interested in sports. They got interested in other things. The affairs of this life just drove them away from church. Hmm. And it wasn't uh, too long ago that the Lord gave me a vision for our ministry. Um, I remember preaching about on New Year's Eve several years ago about how to continue to reach these young people after that age. Hmm. I didn't know how it was going to be possible because I was actively involved with ministering to the young people on Wednesday night, but the Lord knew what was going to happen and worked it all out. Mm. And in the process, we made some changes to our teen and young people's ministry. Uh, we did extra visiting for, the, for that age group. And in fact, we had several years where we just had one or two young people on the bus. But after those years, the Lord really um, blessed our faithfulness. Um, another bus worker w along with me, Brother Wayne, mm -hmm. and the Lord really blessed it, and we began to see growth in that ministry. But some of the changes that we made is uh, increasing um, from Bible study more to a preaching style to these young people and really trying to um, grab their hearts with the Word of God and a different style. And also, um, we gave them a little bit more freedom in the, in the times before and after the service, and the Lord really helped us do that. And some of the young people from our church that had been at our church for several years, now they've grown a little bit older and out of our youth ministry, mm -hmm. and they began to help. And that's that, true. And that really has made a difference Huge in difference. discipling some of these young people. Amen. Very good. Very good. Now, obviously, the Great Commission says to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. So that means every Jew, every Gentile, including young or old we're called to go to all of them but we definitely need to reach our young people for sure and who should do it all of us every last one of us now my next question for you is what tools do you recommend to use in reaching young people well of course my favorite tool uh, has always been from the very beginning has been the bible oh that's a good one i like that <laughs> uh, from the very beginning of my ministry when i was a young person I had some very, uh, difficulty in reading comprehension. Okay. I had symptoms of ADHD, which wasn't as prevalent back in those days, hadn't been named as much, and I had a lot of difficulty understanding what I read. Um, and my father began using um, Alexander Scorby and the Bible, audio Bible. Mm -hmm. And then combined with that, my Bible reading and understanding began to flourish. That's good. And I've always been involved with that with young people as far back as I can remember getting involved in reading. And when they had trouble reading, I would have them listen to the Bible along with their reading. And we, I've seen growth. Uh, I've seen growth in young people because of that. I believe that um, 
getting young people just reading the Bible alone can make a big difference once they're saved and once they understand the elementary, uh, the rudiments of the faith and the, and the basics of the faith. And I think that can make a big difference. And, and now a lot of the young people are using the Bible apps on their phones and oh, yeah. uh, we're telling them, you need to put your phone away while I preach. And they turn around and let me see on their phone that they're using their Bible apps. So the Bible app, um, that many of them that are out there, great for them to That's use good. and for reading their Bibles. Um, we also see a lot of the social medias have been helpful in reaching young people or and also in um, discipling young people. They certainly care about uh, getting, um, seeing what's going on with other young people and putting photos out there about some of the ministries that we've been involved yeah, in. Yeah, that is neat to see. They have gotten excited about that. Um, one particular picture that they took when we, were at the, um, when we were at the nursing home ministry, and they all took a picture of themselves, and I just happened to be in the background, and they put a little note there saying that the uh, youth pastor's in the background. Oh, yeah. <laughs> with us back That's there, awesome. So. That's super cool. So I think we can use uh, youth, uh, we can use as social medias to incorporate them and keep them excited um, about the things that we're doing in the church. And certainly Bible and Bible reading and audio Bible is an important thing to really grow their faith and help them understand um, what it is that God would have them to do. Amen. You know, back when I was in your youth group at Boonsville Baptist, we used to get up and before school, we'd meet and we would read the Bible together, as uh, some of the younger men would, with you. And not only would we read the Bible, but we'd listen to the Bible. So we would listen to, like, Alexander Scorby read it, and then we would meditate. And sometimes we would discuss what we read, or sometimes we would just go ahead and pray. And that began a habit that I still use to this day of not only do I read the Bible, but I listen to it as I read. And, man, it really helps with my attention span to stay focused and you know, and I started that when I was in high school. And so I think it would be greatly beneficial if there's a high schooler listening to this show or a high schooler at our church to do the same thing or a middle schooler or any kind of young adult, any, anybody that's young, and anybody that's old, really. <laughs> I certainly recommend uh, Bible reading and lots of it. The Bible says that we're to seek out the book of the Lord and read, mm. and we're commanded to study to show ourselves approved unto God, a workman yeah. not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Mm-hmm. And that's a big book. It, it takes some time to read that book and to study it. And I think reading is really the foundation of studying the Bible and uh, really understanding the things of God and allowing Him to bring it to us. In this day of um, the internet where all the answers are out there, mm-hmm. Unfortunately, we don't always know which ones are the right answer, That's even true. though they're out there. And we need to look to the Word of God to find those answers and understand those answers. And not just look it up and not find out um, what someone else has to say, but find mm-hmm. out what God has to say. And uh, if we don't understand something, sometimes we need to just wait. And we That's just right. need to let the Holy Spirit work in our lives the second or third time that we read the Bible. There's so much in that book that I don't understand. Uh, mm. The Bible says that uh, he's going to supply all our needs according to his riches and glory. Amen. He says that uh, he's going to take care of us when we're in need. And I don't always understand how that's going to happen. But as I live through some of those things and I'm able to share those with the young people that I get to minister to, it really helps me understand um, what it really means and how God does those things. So you asked the question, 
when, uh, I'm sorry, you asked. Uh, what tools do you recommend? What tools I recommend. Yeah. And so I think that uh, along with those basic things, um, I really think that the relationships that we develop with young people mm -hmm. are the true tools that are going to allow us to minister to young people. Um, young people, ministering to young people is not a whole lot different than ministering to older people and adults. Um, they still need someone there beside them when they go through hard times, right. and they still need that relationship um, that we develop with them in order to minister to them. And I know the day's coming, just like with me, and I face that um, that teacher from Religion 101, mm -hmm. they're going to come to a time where they're going to have to make that decision. That's true. And we when all they make do. that decision, if they're going to live for the Lord mm. or if it's just going to be um, a back burner issue for them for the rest of their lives. Mm. And I'm hoping that they're going to look back on the moments I've, I and some of the other workers were able right. to influence their lives and they're going to think about the times where they read the Bible and they're going to make the decision to put the Lord first Amen. in their life. That's definitely right, man. It's a personal decision we all have to make. Nobody can make that for us. And, you know, we just need to sow God's Word in as many hearts as possible. And, man, I commend you and some of the other volunteers at our church who are just right up front uh, in the front lines of battle, of spiritual warfare, trying to minister to these young people. Amen. Y'all keep up the good work. Uh, so I've asked you, you know, who should reach young people? What tools do you recommend? Let me ask you this third question. When should we reach young people? Well, young people make the decisions in their life before they get to those, we get to the time to make those decisions. Mm. And I'm talking about many different things. Um, for example, uh, young people decide whether they're going to um, whether they're go what, how far they're going to go in their physical relationship with the opposite sex. They're going to make that That's decision true. most of the time before they get into sure. that situation. They're going to make the decision about the finances and how they're going to deal with their finances later in life before they get to that situation. Mm -hmm. Now, we all make mistakes, and we realize it, and afterwards we change our ways. There's no doubt about that. But many times they make the decisions ahead of time. And in teaching um, young people about things um, and understanding um, the Bible and understanding these things, I know they're going to make these decisions ahead of time. I, I certainly think, just like uh, when we talked about um, who should reach people, uh, who should reach young people, as far as when we should reach them, we should reach them as soon as we can. Amen. That's good. We should, they should hear the Word of God from mm -hmm. the very beginning of their life, if possible. I like it. And they should hear the gospel um, early and often, I love as it. some would say. There have been times where um, I have withheld the gospel from young people in a sense sure. that I've preached the gospel to them before, mm -hmm. um, and they've rejected it, and at, this, and at that moment in time, their attitude and everything is not right with God, and yeah. they certainly aren't going to listen. I'm not making that decision for them as I've given the gospel before, Certainly, but I see their attitude and the way they're acting. And I think about the way Jesus talked to the rich young ruler. Ah. And he, the rich young ruler said, uh, what must I do to be saved? And he didn't give him a clear gospel presentation. That's true. He, didn't. He, uh, he told him he needed to follow the law. That's right. Now, I'm not Jesus, and I don't always understand and know the hearts right, of young yeah. people. But I do know that when they get to a point where they don't understand why 
I'm excited about the things of God and why I'm excited about Jesus and his blood, and they begin to ask those questions, that's when they're really going to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ when it's presented, uh, maybe for the second or third time. And unfortunately, so many young people hear the gospel over and over and over again, and they get what I call inoculated to the gospel and mm. the things of God. And we see that all too often yeah, in people true. who have been raised in the church and living um, amongst people of the church. I'm never wrong to share the gospel, and in fact, I believe we should use all different methods when we reach these young people. Mm -hmm. Some people might be against street preaching, mm. and I remember um, I was working. Man, I love street preaching. I love it too. <laughs> I remember I was working um, in a, in a uh, uh, was working in a health food store. And a lady came up to me and said, are you a preacher? And I said, yes, I am. I said, why do you ask? And she said, because I saw you out on the street corner preaching. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> and she said, I just want you to know that uh, they're not listening to you. And I asked her, I said, well, how did you know I was a preacher? <laughs> that's good. I love it. Oh, man. Um, I think we should use all different methods. Yeah. Um, effectiveness is not always our, our way of determining whether we should use a method. I think relationship methods, I think... Um, street preaching, I think preaching the gospel at every opportunity we can, I think uh, doing everything we can to reach people and young people and as soon as we can with the gospel is an important thing and different approaches are important. But we also understand that each one of us have a gift. That's the Bible right. says everyone in the body of Christ has a gift and a mm -hmm. calling and someone might, might just be more effective with working with young people and someone might be more effective with working with older people but I think we all should reach the gospel of Jesus Christ. Um, one particular member here has, has reminded me um, almost every service how mm -hmm. important it is to reach people for Jesus yes, Christ. Certainly. And it's not always the preacher or the youth pastor's responsibility. That's right. It's also um, those um, that come to the church, if they see someone, I think they should be asking them, do they know Jesus as their Lord and Savior? Amen to that. Vacation Bible School is, is a powerful mm. tool. Our minister that's speaking to us today at our conference yes. told us during vacation Bible school he had the opportunity to come to a saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I think that vacation Bible school is important. I think all of these opportunities to tell people about Jesus is important. And the sooner the better, certainly, someone gets saved, the more they're going to have to live for Jesus and do the things that God has for them. That's good. We should touch on the, the VBS and the how question in a okay. few moments because that, right. uh, that fired me up this morning when I heard that. I was like, man, let's go do a VBS every week for the rest of this year. That's right. <laughs> oh, man, that's really good. When should we reach them? Now, obviously. As it's soon as urgent. we can, um, um, young people need to. And, you know, statistically speaking, the older people get, the less likely they are that's to respond true. to the gospel. That doesn't mean the gospel is any less powerful or it changes. We just, have, we just have less influence on people as they get older, and we have less opportunity to talk to them about Jesus. Um, you know, you have led many um, door-knocking efforts um, in our church over the years. Mm -hmm. We do it uh, on a regular basis, and there's so many opportunities that we have. I mean, there's so few opportunities to influence older people um, for the gospel, and with the young people, they're more readily um, available to come to church. Mm -hmm. um, we have um, opportunities like Vacation Bible School. And we just have more opportunity to talk to them. And the sooner the better, 
Um, certainly, I certainly believe that to be Amen. true. Amen. Yeah, I think of that verse uh, in the Gospels. It says, Suffer the little children to come unto me and forbid them not. Those are the words of Jesus. And so if Christ wants us, if Christ wanted the children to come to him, then we should want the same. Fortunately, we have a church that is concerned with Absolutely. the young people and, and the ministry of the young people. It's um, rare in a church like ours. In I, a very traditional, old-school church, it's rare these days to be as young people-centered and minded. Yeah, I've been in some churches in the past um, that are, as you're saying, traditional in music and things like that, and it has been a struggle. Or they have um, said, yeah, we're interested in it, but we just want to separate the two, the young people um, away from the older people, and you just go do your thing and let us know how things are going. That turns into like the youth versus the older folks, and you never want that because we're one body. Um, we don't want segregation between the ages. We want an integration of all ages. And that's certainly one reason why young people begin to uh, leave the church. Statistically, we see, uh, I've seen as yeah. much as 75% of the young people leaving right. the church. We would spend a week at summer camp, and we would listen to um, heartfelt, powerful messages mm-hmm. um, from you know, national, nationally known speakers that are certainly gifted speakers. And they would, our young people would get excited for God, and then we would come back to church on a weekly basis and just not see the excitement um, from the congregation in general. No, that's so true. And it becomes a, it's not saying that these older people are, or these adults are not excited about God. Right, right. It's just they don't see it in the same way as we saw at these summer camps. Right. And these young people just see a large di- uh, 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 difference, and it sometimes makes them um, turn away from the church and look for alternative type services. Um, and it makes it difficult sometimes. Mm, that's good. That's good. Well, thanks for sharing all that. Um, let me ask you this a fourth question here. Why should we reach young people? Well, I think we, we, we're kind of overlapping our questions with our answers. That's true. Um, but certainly that's okay, though. That's okay. <laughs> because, hey, that's the way you preach, and that's the way you teach the Bible, because mm-hmm. the Bible goes all over the place and repeats itself multiple times, and so that's certainly okay. First of all, we are commanded to reach Amen, all brother. people with the Great Commission, as you've already mentioned. We're commanded to reach young people. We're commanded to reach teens, and we're commanded to reach adults. Um, but second of all, we certainly love the young people that God has given us opportunity to minister to. It doesn't take long to begin to see and understand as we develop relationships with them, their situation, how they relate, how their parents. Um, how they relate to their parents and, and what their parents' situation is, and we begin to have a godly love for these young people and a desire to reach them. And the more that we do love those young people, the more we want to reach them and mm-hmm. see them. Um, not only we want to see them in eternity and uh, to be with God for eternity, and we certainly don't want to see them suffer, right. but we want to see God's plan for their lives. Mm. We, we want them to see, um, we want to see them ministering and doing the things God has for them so their life is fulfilled. Mm. Amen. That's good. I love it. That's good stuff. I mean, why should we do it? Well, because the Bible says so. The Bible says so. So simple, but yet profound. And also, the love we have for these people that we develop. And because um, we need to reach young people, 
because young people are effective in reaching other young people. Ah, that's brilliant, right? That's really good. Uh, Roanoke Valley Christian Schools and the church that um, supports that they have a um, they have a um, statement that they're trying to make disciples. And we really know that we're making disciples when our disciples begin to make other disciples. That's really good. And at that point, um, that's the point where you're starting to let them go mm-hmm. and let them um, do their thing as far as living for the Lord. But when they begin to make disciples, I'll remember a story about uh, Pastor Brian. Yeah. When he was younger, oh man, we had probably going to be good. One of our favorite, <laughs> one of my favorite uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. preachers uh, came oh, and mercy, preached. I remember this. And he said that he regretted not doing more for the Lord as a young yeah. person. He said, "If I could live, if I could be a teenager again, <laughs> live for the Lord." <laughs> he said, "I would stand on oh, the benches in the church, in the uh, lunch, um, in, in the lunch, um, sanction, in the lunch hall. cafeteria, yeah. the lunch hall." <laughs> And I would preach the gospel. Wow. He told him, he told um, Pastor Brian before he was a pastor when he was a teenager, he told him that he would be passing out tracts to everybody uh, that he could in that school. <laughs> and I remember getting a call just a day and a half later yeah. um, about how Pastor Brian was in the principal's yeah, office sure because was. he was stuffing <laughs> tracts in lockers <laughs> and he was uh, preaching to people as much as he possibly could. Yeah. Man. Now, I also remember, along with Washington, we reach young people because they reach other young people or influence them and have more opportunity to influence. But I was warned by a um, mentor of mine, Pastor Jim Steele, and he mm. said, now, you've got to be careful that these young people don't burn up and burn out. Ah. To me, as a young person who was on fire for the Lord and had been, for, had been saved for many years and been living for the Lord, I thought that was just a silly statement to hear. Mm-hmm. And, um, but the more I listened to him and understood what he had to say, he was really saying that sometimes young people get excited about That's the things true. of yeah. God without really knowing the God that they're excited about. Ah, wow. And it's very important that uh, we reach young people so that we can then disciple them about the things of God and they need to understand who God is mm. and understand that the decisions that they're making are lifetime decisions mm. for God. Yeah, that's really good. Jesus spoke to those people that would reject the gospel, the, the scribes and Pharisees, and talked to them about counting the cost mm. and about making a decision. And he knew that some of those and most of those were not going to make those decisions for God and live for God. And he was making a point that they would not count the cost. Mm. And I think young people, we need to reach them that they might reach other young people Mm. and that they might make these decisions and understand that they're counting the cost as a lifetime decision. Many of them might go away from it, but they are going to come back and live for the Lord. That's good. I like that. Amen. Let me ask you this uh, last question here of the five questions I want to ask you about reaching young people for Christ. The last one I have for you is how should we reach young people? We've looked at who, what, when, where, why, but now how? How should we reach them? There's such a struggle in people deciding how to reach young people for Christ. Um, Some would say we need to stick to the traditional way, and some would say we've got to get away from the traditional ways. 
I know that uh, telling people, telling young people about the gospel of Jesus Christ still works today. Amen to that. I know preaching the gospel and preaching the Bible still works today. I know that young people will respond to it, and we don't have to change the Word of God in any way, mm -hmm. shape, or form. The Word of God is still true today and just as true to young people as it ever has been. Um, and that God can save a young, a young person with His Word. So first and foremost, we certainly should reach young people with the Word of God. Amen. I mean, that's what it's all about. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. I mean, that's the Bible. And you can't get saved without the Gospel. Amen to that. You can't get saved without understanding that um, Jesus died and was buried and rose again. And uh, that the Gospel, and it comes from the Word of God. So you certainly have to reach people with the Word of God, as we've already mentioned. And uh, we need to develop relationships with young people if we're going to disciple them. I spent some time in a church in Oklahoma, and the pastor was a very powerful speaker. Um, and uh, many, many people uh, got saved in that church. But it was almost um, a revolving door because people got saved and got baptized, and then they left the church. Mm, wow. Almost immediately afterwards. Hmm. And, and it was because develop, uh, developing of relationships was neglected. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is uh, one, uh, certainly an important part um, when a young person is saved and, and get an opportunity to tell young people about Jesus. I think we need to develop relationships with them. Um, I think uh, activities are good. I think games are good. Mm -hmm. I, I think all of those things lock are important. Lock-ins. I think lock-ins. <laughs> the lock hashtag, I hate lock-ins. <laughs> <laughs> Getting tough for us 45-plussers to, to be able to do those things. Well, for you, all you old guys, yeah, what would it be? Stuff? I just don't like them. Um, but I, I do remember um, first experiencing some of those games um, with you and some of the younger people. Oh, they were fun. Smell. They were, like, called Halo Parties. Not lock-ins. <laughs> I first showed up there to those lock-ins or to birthday parties with you guys, and all you want to do is play video games. <laughs> That's right, yeah. <laughs> and I think I might have even preached against them for a while there. Sure you did. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was so sick of it. <laughs> uh, but uh, um, reaching young people is, the Word of God is first and foremost. Developing relationships is important. We can't neglect that. I think Jesus was a master at developing relationships and it's important for us to see young people where they, for, for who they are and where they are, but it's very important that we never, never allow them to understand that sin is okay. Mm, amen. Now, con in regards to this question, at least as far as our church is concerned, for our young people, whether it's church families or bus ministry, when do they generally come to know Christ as Savior? Like in what ministry? Like, is it church camp? Is it youth rallies? Vacation Bible school? Which ones do they typically come to know Christ? We usually see the majority of our salvations in summer camp and vacation Bible school would okay. definitely be the most that we see. But our Wednesday night program, um, we usually see a few um, each semester get saved in our Wednesday night program. And um, we've had some young people who just come up, have come up to me and to other leaders on their own and said, uh, it's time for me to get saved. Amen. 
one thing that gets young people excited is seeing baptisms and they and they they want to get baptized they, they like get it dunked under the water yeah. <laughs> and so when a young person comes and asks about that that is such a prime opportunity to mm -hmm. explain to them the gospel of Jesus Christ and explain to them that water baptism is only a picture of what happens to them and not the actual act of salvation and I have uh, had an opportunity to lead um, at least two students to the Lord over the last couple of years because of seeing what's going on in, in ministry and getting excited about that. Mm. So. Yeah, that's cool. So not only have I baptized some of these young people, but you have as well. And so when it comes to the young people, at least here at our church, what we do is we ask them, who would you like to baptize you? Yeah. And sometimes they choose me and sometimes they choose you and sometimes have we done both I don't yes, yeah I both of both us have done it. in there yeah um, early on in my years in ministry I would consider myself an extremely gifted in any particular area um, I can just I, I'm kind of an all-around person who, who does several things but I, I don't necessarily th see myself as extremely gifted in one particular area and uh, jack of all trades master of all none. trades and, and <laughs> youth ministry and children's ministry um, I do have some abilities. One is to see what needs to be done and then, mm -hmm. and then try to fill, fill in those holes there. And um, I do feel like I see, um, I see the gifts and calling on young people's lives. I, Absolutely. I, you can definitely spot out who's the leader. I remember you as a teenager. I really spent a lot of time praying for you specifically. Wow. Um, they asked... Uh, in a, Thank in a, you. In a, you're welcome. In a youth conference, they asked, who is the most influential person in your youth ministry and I remember sitting there thinking that it was probably you and and um, so they called on me to answer and the pastor the minister that was speaking that day told me I was wrong mm. he told me that I was the most influential person in my youth ministry wow that's not where I was going with the with yeah the answer to the wow question. I was thinking of no, a young that's person. true and they're going to be looking at me but also um, the prayer that I put in is, or that, that the adults put in, that, that the people put in, um, is very important to um, reaching those young people. And I saw you were very influential um, and prayed for you many times, and the Lord saved you, and you were really influential, and that, that was really influential in some of our young people coming to the Lord in that mm -hmm. ministry. And I think that's always something that we should look at and see what's going on and what the dynamic is. I think ministry can look different in different churches, as mm -hmm. far as young people, and I think that um, um, seeing the dynamic and understanding the young people is very important um, for, for that. I wish there was more neon signs on the young people who are called to ministry, right. like you had over your head the, oh, in those yeah. days, <laughs> but that's not always the case for us, and we just need to pray that the Lord will help us understand right um, who has a specific calling for them right. in that ministry. But again, I go back to the first comment, one of the first comments I made. I think we all should have a call on, ourself, on, our, on us to ministry. We just need to surrender to that specific one yeah. and understand what we can do to accomplish that. Hey Amen. That's really good. And Man, I, I want to say thanks, Brother Dave, for coming on the, the podcast. Uh, just so all your listeners know, Brother Dave is going to be a regular on this channel. Uh, we both work together at, at our church, and so we're going to be talking about other different subjects as well. But I wanted to have you come on the show and talk about young people is because I'm a product of your ministry, specifically youth ministry. And when we were uh, praying about bringing on somebody part-time to help us out several years ago, we definitely had Brother Dave was in that pot. 
And uh, basically, when we decided to make that transition, I remember telling Brother Dave, hey, I just want you to do with our young people what you did with me. And he is doing that. And uh, let me ask you this. How can the listeners get in touch with you? Let's say they might have other questions or uh, maybe they want to have you come to their church or whatever. How could they get in touch with you? Well, um, as you know, Pastor Brian, I, also, I have a, a ministry where I do illusions, gospel illusions, and mm. I preach the gospel through that. And so you could find me on my website at DaveyTheMagician.com. And my email there is info, I-N-F-O, at DaveyTheMagician.com, D-A-V-Y-T-H-E-M-A-G-I-C-I-A-N, DaveyTheMagician.com. Um, you can email me there and get a hold of me anytime you need to. You can certainly find me here at the church um, um, several days a week. You can find me here and talk to me that way also. That's awesome. Well, hey, thanks for coming on the show, Brother Dave. God bless each of you listeners. And until next time, we'll see you soon. Hey guys, thanks so much for tuning in to the Jumpstart Your Faith podcast channel. As a token of my appreciation for you listening today, I would like to give you my free ebook devotional called Jumpstart Your Faith 30 Days to a Renewed Faith in Christ. Just go to www.pastorbrianratliff.com to download it. Please be sure to subscribe to this podcast channel to listen to more messages like today's. And if these messages have been helpful to you, please leave a review. If I could be of any help in your spiritual walk, please let me know by emailing me at pastorbrianratliff at yahoo.com. And one last thing, if you're in Roanoke, please consider joining us for one of our worship services at Clearbrook Baptist Church. Until next time, may God's blessings be upon you and have a great week.